Today we're talking about anxiety. So grab a cuppa, pull up a chair and let's begin. When I'm with you, when I'm with you. Hi, I'm Carolyn. Hi, I'm Megan. And this is Talking Resolve. Where we discuss real life problems to help you understand how fight and flight and unsupportive meaning takes over your life. What have we got today? Today we have a question from Jane who's been watching, which is really good. I've been watching your videos and I want to understand how anxiety relates to fight and flight. That's a good question, Jane. It is a good question. What a great question. And it's good that she's connected it. Yes. Mm. Yes. So what is uh, anxiety in terms of flight and fight? We've got got some things we're going to write down. Yeah, we have. What you wrote down. We've got, um, so what it might look like. Is that what we want to cover first? So you, we've talked about things like restless legs. um, Yep over worrying overthinking not trusting your response I think that's a big one like your future response anxiety I don't trust that I'll be able to respond appropriately in the future which is a minute in the future an hour a day whatever it's like thinking ahead maybe a little bit too far yes and, um and then the this is what you want to probably expand on a little bit but it's the energy potential that builds up in our muscles and can lead to a panic attack so yeah, calm. so if we think about what anxiety is as a flight and fight response, when we drop into flight and fight, what what the brain does in the in the fight and flight side of things, which are the mobilizing behaviors, it starts to push energy into your muscles so that you can move and move mm-hmm. quickly. When we start to feel anxiety coming on, it's normally because we don't actually have the ability to run or to fight. So we can't do either of those. And we're now in a situation where we can't do the immobilizing behaviors. So that's the the freeze and the play dead. We don't have, or the freeze and the faint. We don't have the ability to hide under the doona. We don't have the ability to make our world smaller. Uh, So we have to be acting in that space, but we don't know what to do. Mm. So that energy potential starts to build up in the body and gets Mm. more and more and more. And if we don't dispel it, if we don't, either through discharging the freeze, which is a different process altogether. We don't reset the nervous system or we don't actually use that energy. That's when it'll go into a panic attack as well. So that's what happens when we don't do anything about the anxiety. Mm. Um, and the example I was going to give was, um, and I'm sure this this person won't mind me telling the story because it's just illustrative of flight and fight. They were in a waiting room and they were feeling quite nervous about seeing a doctor And then while they're in the waiting room, another person was having an argument with the receptionist and creating a lot of angst in the room as a result. And she found herself like just kind of ants in her pants. She couldn't sit still and um, was starting to get more and more anxious in the whole situation. And then her name got called to go into the doctors and she ran across the room. She said, Mm -hmm. I leapt out of the chair and just ran across the room. And she said, I didn't understand it because I didn't actually want to see the doctor. This is what I was anxious about. And I said, yes, but there's all the flight and fight potential is building up. So all that energy and what you are flight and fighting about became the altercation in the waiting room. And mm. you wanted to escape that. And that's mm. why you ran across the room, even mm. towards danger. This is what happens when people run towards danger. It's usually because something else is happening in that moment that is more dangerous yeah. and they're responding to that. Mm. And anxiety is the worry that I'm going to be in a situation that I can't do anything about. 
I don't have the resources to be able to solve the problem. And I don't trust myself that I've, uh, I've got what it takes to get through it. Mm. So all of this then builds up and you get that frenetic uh, energy has to go somewhere. So it goes into a panic attack or an anxiety attack, whatever you want to call it. It just yeah. escalates because you're not doing something with the energy. So a good solution in that moment may be go for a run, something my cousin does. When mm. she starts to feel anxious, she goes running. She loves mm. to run. Mm. So she's using the flight response then to dispel the energy and she gets all the endorphins and the and the health benefits of running. Mm. So she's using it on both sides. So she'll just go for a run. She'll come home, chuck on her running gear and just go. Mm. Uh, just to be able to dispel some of that energy and it really helps with her anxiety. So Good that can strategy. be something that you can do is actually move, yeah. move in the moment. Now, I don't suggest that if you're sitting in the waiting room and you start to get anxious, you should get up and film a TikTok of yourself dancing, but maybe you should, uh, <laughs> unless that makes you more anxious. Yeah. Uh, so, But it's, it's getting moving. That's why people pace when they're anxious or nervous yeah. because they've got to move, got to get that energy out, that mm. the energy potential that's building up in the muscles has to be, has to do something with it. Mm. That was a very long-winded answer to that question, wasn't it? No, I think that's what we're here for, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah. And that's a good example. It was a really good example of how for the, for this particular person when they jumped up and ran yeah. was that because they didn't even realise they'd done it. And that's what I find when you've had a flight and fight experience, you don't always notice your reaction in the moment, yeah. but you'll you'll realise it later. And then it can be a little bit confusing as to why did I do that? Why? Mm. Sometimes it's really clear. I've taken my son to an, an animal park that had tigers that leapt at a glass panel that we could see the tiger and it could clearly see us. And I, I didn't see it leap because I just saw it go to leap and I was gone, dragging my mm. son behind me. I was gone. And I was about, I don't know, 10 metres away. I heard the thump. I heard the the tiger hit the glass panel. Um, But I didn't notice that I'd moved until I was well away from it. Yeah. And my son's response was, oh, that was so cool. And people say to me, well, he must have had a flight and fight response. Why wasn't he afraid? Because he was already with his safety, which was mm. me. Mm. So he was already with me. He knew he was safe. He knew the tiger wasn't going to get him because mm. he was with me. So in his little six-year-old brain at the time, it was like, I'm completely safe in this situation because mum's here. Whereas yeah. me was like, my child is here. I need to be out of here. And I was gone. I was, and I, I think that's the fastest I've moved in a long time. Uh, but I didn't notice I'd moved until I was well out of reach, reach in inverted commas, and then noticed, oh, that's a, that's a flight and fight response right there. So some, mm. we don't always notice it in the moment. We tend to get really caught up in the the way we're feeling, which fuels the anxiety because we get a bit monkey mind about it. So it tends to become really preoccupying in our mind and start swamping us. The mm. sensations in our body start swamping us. And you get into this cycle where it just keeps escalating because we just, A, we don't know what to do about it. We don't know how to dispel the energy and we don't always understand why we've got it. Mm. Why are we anxious about this situation in the first place? Why do I have anxiety? Which is another question like we can ask ourselves, like how long, yeah. how long have I been anxious about this? When did it start? When did in it relation start? to what? Have I felt like it my whole life? When did it get worse? Yeah, in relation yeah looking, to looking for those markers I think is really important to understanding mm. why you've got it. And it's it will funny, always making me recall a story um, years ago, years and years ago, I used to work in a bank and it was a very long branch. And um, 
long as in say, like very long very like there was plenty of counter space like oh okay yeah like plenty of counter space there's a very long branch and um we had the screens that would fly up and um but that was our we had no petitioning or anything just screens that would fly up if we activated them or if they act yeah anyway and I, I remember a man came into the to the bank to the start of this very long branch and it wasn't really a teller's area but it was a bit of an inquiries area and he looked a bit I don't know just sort of startled me a little bit the way he looked and then he's he was trying to sell something I think and then he said well I've got something to show you and I saw he'd walked in with a briefcase and he bent down below the counter where I couldn't see him and I'm thinking like gun. Gun. <laughs> but in the moment I realized not in the moment not until later I realized how I responded which was actually jump I literally jumped back and I was nowhere near because I was nowhere near anywhere trigger points because there was mostly there was trigger points along the whole counter yeah. um, but there was a couple of little parts that there may not have been a little trigger point. And um, I remember thinking, I can't even get this, activate the screens here, but all he was doing, I think he, it was some kind of toy that he pulled out of this briefcase to sell people. Cause we'd get people in that would set, try to sell stuff or whatever. But in the moment, just a whole lot of things came together for me and I jumped. And so I would have done obviously fly in a yep. situation like that. I mean, it's, you kind of heightened, you get used to it, but it is a heightened alert situation anyway because we did have, I wasn't in an armed hold-up, but I was in robberies. Um, yeah, so it was just, it's an interesting, your response is I guess what I'm trying to say. And then yeah. after that, I've got, I've, got, I've got the anxiety, I've got the panic, I jumped and then calmed down in hindsight and thought, oh, that was before I even knew that that was my fight flight response. That was years ago. So yeah. Yeah. So can you imagine how confusing that would be if you didn't understand what the flight and fight response was? Yeah. But you've had this reaction and then you're like, where did that come from? What, what did I, what just happened? I don't understand. And where you can get quite confused and concerned because you can feel like you've almost dissociated because you don't, you've stopped paying attention to what you were doing until after you've done it. Mm, that can yeah. feel really, really strange yeah. um, if you don't understand where it's coming from. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think it's important to understand that anxiety is a flight and fight response and that might be something new for people mm. listening, that you might not have heard it cu- couched in those terms before, mm. that it is flight and fight. And it's importantly, it's not flight and fight from where you are right now. Mm. You might be having a flight and right response to what's happening right now, but the anxiety is actually coming from a previous experience that you've had somewhere along the way. Mm. And then the anxiety as a flight, as a sustained flight and fight response is being anchored by this unsupportive meaning, Mm. the decision you've made about how you need to live your life now, who you need to be in the outer world, uh, what you need to do in order to be safe, these limiting, and then they're usually limiting decisions. So we've been talking recently about, and how is this costing you? Yeah. Because we're asking these questions because that's how you know it's an unsupportive meaning that's been made. Even mm. if you don't know what that meaning is, if the behavior is costing you, we've got an unsupportive meaning. Yeah. So the example we've used before is if I have a car accident and I decide I'm a bad driver and I won't drive on that road or that time of day or that kind of car anymore, 
these are all limitations on how I express myself through driving. Mm. And this, this can start costing me because now I can say, well, I'm not going to travel on that road before. I think I mentioned a friend of my grandmother's would only ever turn left yeah, because she'd had an accident after turning right. Now to anybody who's from America, this would be reversed. Yeah. It would be someone who always turns right because they'd had an accident turning left. Mm. Um, but in Australia, it's the other way around. So, so but a she, lot of those behaviours would be to avoid anxiety. That's well. That's what she would find it. She would get very anxious if she was going up to an intersection and she had to turn right. She yeah. would just turn left. Yeah. So then she started planning all her routes. If she had to go five minutes up the road, she could take an hour because mm. she would have to plot this route mm. um, where she only ever turned left. So mm. it was really limiting because it was costing her time, energy. She was anxious about it. So that's what I think. If you if you're experiencing anxiety, looking at what it's costing you will help help you understand that it's uh, coming from an unsupportive meaning. Yeah. Something's happened. Yeah. Some experience. And every time it comes into to clinic when somebody says, I've got anxiety, and it's really common, by the way, I think probably one in two people that come into the clinic room say they've got some form of anxiety on their on their forms. Yeah. Um, and just to just I'm waiting for them to say, oh, and and present me with the trauma. Mm you know, I had this experience or I had this experience and that's where it started. Usually if you say, when did you start it? When did it start? It'll all, they'll come up with it and say, well, it started when my parents got divorced when I was 10. Mm. And you're like, bingo, that's it. That's a traumatic experience for a child. Even if it was an amicable split, it's Mm. a change that a child does not understand. Mm. So they don't understand why it's happening why isn't mum home all the time or dad home, depending on where? Why do I have to split between houses? If it's if it's acrimonious, it's even worse. Mm. Children will often blame themselves as well. So you can see where that sort of event can create anxiety. Mm. Equally, and this is what I explain to people, is the trauma doesn't have to be a big one or a capital T as we call yeah. it. It doesn't have to be significant like a divorce. It can be a series of little traumas. Yeah. Little events. Like my brother used to pull my hair all the time. And you go, well, in and of itself, having your hair pulled is not particularly traumatic. But if you if that happens every day for six years, now it's traumatic. Yeah. So there's some instances that's through the repeti- through the repetition that it becomes traumatic. Um, and then the last time it happens is when you kind of trip over the the edge and, and have the big flight and fight response and people go really? You're Mm. blowing this out of proportion, aren't you? Well, no, because this is, this is the end. This is the straw that broke the camel's back, the end of all of these experiences. And I just can't take it anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And that's when the avoidance, well, the explosive and then the avoidance, like it might, that might mean you might start avoiding your brother. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Uh, Or make your world smaller so you don't have to. Yeah. And then every time I've got to have an interaction, I, I don't like it. I get anxious mm. about it because am I going to be hurt again? Mm. And even and how this per, can persist in adulthood, just taking on that example, is that I might now have anxiety around anyone touching my hair. Mm. I might not like to go to hairdressers, for example. Mm. I don't like the wind blowing in my hair. So it can really extend way beyond what the original context was. And it's not so much about the hair, although that's a, that's a clue to what happened. It's about how it makes you think and feel. Yeah. So if a hairdresser playing with your hair 
takes you back to that event, even if it's not consciously takes you back to the way your brother used to behave towards you, then you're going to be anxious about it because I don't Mm. want to feel like that again. I don't want to think the thoughts I had then. Mm. I don't want to be aware of this. Mm. So I get anxious about going and seeing a hairdresser now because that's what I'm trying to avoid, feeling the way I did before. And I don't think I know, I, I don't think I've got what it takes to be able to cope in that situation. I don't trust my responses. Don't think I've got what it takes. And that's what promotes the anxiety. Yeah. So it's all of those. It's the experience I've had, the unsupportive meaning that anchors it. But then I, I'm trying to avoid feeling that way in the future. Yeah. I think we wanted to cover um, a couple of things maybe we have, but what it what it costs you and why we cover the, why, why we cover what it costs you because that's sort of what we're looking at here we want to have that full expression of ourselves and that like free experience of life and it'll cost you things like freedom it'll make you inflexible it'll make you want things a certain way because you know how to respond to that if it's not that because if it's not that way you'll feel this anxious feeling um Again, want to make your world smaller. It'll cost you potentially relationships. Yes. It'll co- it could cost you, you know, careers, every, like all sorts of things because you're doing avoidance. So you keep everything the same because you don't and want it, to experience anxiety. It does create spillover too because what starts in one context, it might be a failed relationship and I want to avoid that and I get quite anxious about going into another relationship and then I start getting anxious if I have to see friends. Mm. So it starts to move from perhaps an intimate relationship and being afraid of that or anxious about that or starting a new one, for example, and then it'll start permeating into other contexts like friends under relationships and then it'll extend even further work colleagues Mm. and then people in general Mm. because I don't trust that I've got what it takes to be able to respond appropriately. Yeah. Do you want to explain that a bit, like responding appropriately? So when, when I'm talking about responding appropriately, I mean something that where, where we can look back with hindsight and go, I nailed that. Yeah. You know, I, I handled that really well. It was a challenging situation and I did well. Mm. So if we don't believe that that will happen, if we believe that through our own experiences that if I look back on the way I behaved, it's going to be a problem or it escalates a situation or makes things worse or it costs me money or whatever the whatever it is, uh, that that's when I'll start. That's what I'm trying to avoid as well. I've lost my train of thought now. Um, yeah. What? <laughs> sorry, that, I put you I on had, the spot. Yeah, it was um around what it costs you, and then around um I can't remember either. Sorry. <laughs> I was just awesome, I was just intently awesome listening episode, and then my <laughs> yeah. mind went, "What's the dog doing?" It's like, yeah. <laughs> and we're not anxious about it. No. I'm not worried about just it. Just pull ourselves back on track. Just, we'll tell you what the timestamp is that you can just skip all this bit. <laughs> <laughs> now, I think we were talking about um, why responding appropriately. What does that mean? That's it. That was yes. it. Well done. <laughs> Ta-da. Um, yeah. So I think it's it's responding appropriately means that I, I responded the way I both expected myself to and in a positive way. And uh, it worked out the way that I wanted it to. Or the and then I, even yeah. if it doesn't, because I think you brought up something about it costing me money or costing me this or costing me that. And it's like, even if it does, and then it's like, can I respond appropriately to that? Yes. So yeah, it's, it's whatever kind of, the... Yeah, yeah, we're always doing that. It's yeah. like, have I created another unsupportive meaning? Because it's not just one unsupportive meaning. 
no, point that that's out right. too. I yeah. don't think we've ever talked about that. You can have no. a myriad of unsupportive meaning. Like yeah. the car accident one, I can decide I'm a terrible driver. That's one. I can decide I can't drive that type of car. There's two. I can't drive on that road. There's three. I can't drive at that time of day. There's four. I, I don't can't... like the sound of a dog barking. Yeah. Or what was playing on the radio or those yes. funny blow up doll things outside of it. Blow up doll. That's terrible. Blow up Santa <laughs> mean, in yeah, front I of a car yard. That's what I was Thinking Those fluffy of. ones that, yeah. Yes. That's what I was thinking of. And then I realized what I said and went, oh, that's not that's, that's okay. not how that came across at all. <laughs> um, yeah. So I think it's it's those things that unsupportive meanings can be created on top of one another all at the same time. And there's yeah. going to be more than one because we're we're just trying to make sense of what's going on around us and and how we now fit in that landscape. But I think too importantly, we're not. I mean, we talk about triggers before and not getting into all of them to become triggerless like you hear out there sometimes, but, and it's not about that, but it's also building up that sense of self to know that even though there's still going to be unsupportive meanings connected to, you know, because there's, there can be so many, it's just like, but I've got this sense of self and this trust in myself that I can respond appropriately. Even if I do uncover another unsupportive meaning that triggers the fight flight response that, yeah, so yeah. it, it kind and, of builds your resilience the more yeah, in the work think, you do. I was going to say, I don't think you can be triggerless, but I kind of get what they're saying. I think what yeah. they mean is that I don't need to respond to triggers in the way that I used to. Yeah, which is a the much better way of putting happen. it. Yes. Yeah. Because and I, I think hear that people sounds say, more achievable. become triggerless. And it's like, it's you can't. No. <laughs> like you're always no. going to be able to be, there's, there's, got, to, there's got to be often triggers but it's just how do I trust myself to respond to that? So however you just said it, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. I th- I think the, you know, you tend to notice it afterwards that a trigger's occurred and you've responded differently. Mm. I think that's the, that's the reassuring thing about that. I don't, yeah, I don't think you can have a triggerless. Well, world. I won't go into any detail, but I did have this experience this week with someone who um, had an experience had really had a few sessions and really noticed a shift in their response and then stepped back after it and said, I would normally walk away from that situation thinking, I wish I did this. I wish I did this. They actually walked away from the situation where I nailed that. Yeah. And and it wasn't an easy situation, but they walked away and thought, I nailed that. Yeah. How do do we know anything's changed? How Mm. do we know things are different for us when we're challenged again? That's mm. what a trigger is. It's a mm. challenge. Yeah. So in the face of a trigger happening, which you have got no control over whether a trigger is going to happen, I might drive past a car yard with a blow up Santa that's going going nuts. I can't cha- ever change that mm. occurring. But what I can change is my response to that. Yeah. And I think that's where true empowerment lies, is that I no longer need to respond to these triggers in a flight and fight way anymore. Mm. You see my dog in the background. Yeah. <laughs> I can hear he's getting restless. He was just walking around. I just um, use again. So. Um, so have we got any, you know, things we can do when well, it comes I think, to anxiety? Again, I think we we've talked before about, you know, when people say you need to work on your breathing, you do. It's bottom line is find a breathing technique that works for you in the moment. Mm. I think that's really important. And to try and reduce your overall stress levels everywhere in your life which is and meditation is one of the best things if you think you can't meditate 
I think you haven't found the right type of meditation for you. Mm, There's so many different types. I think we have this idea that you've got to sit in this weird cross-legged position and om, om, Mm. or just be quiet and listen to weird chanting or bells or something. It's not. It's anything... I mean, that is meditation. That's a form. And if that floats your boat, then then sure. But there's walking meditation where you just walk uh, in a defined path. Uh, I've done this in a Buddhist temple where they just walk between the the rows where you can sit and om and you just walk backwards and forwards. Yeah. We just created like this little snake around the temple Mm. and it was really relaxing. You just let your mind go where it goes. Yeah. It might be gardening for you. It might be listening to music. It might be knitting. It might be, you know, meditative practice I think is just as valuable as actually sitting and listening to a meditation. If you want to listen to a meditation, I can recommend the Calm app when I'm not getting paid to to plug that. I find it particularly useful. Mm. I like their soundscapes because sometimes it's just really nice to listen to rain, for example, and you can just listen to their soundscape. Or if you really like like the, you can listen to the inside a museum or a coffee shop or a cat purring or whatever you want. There's all sorts of different soundscapes as well. So if that's more your cup of tea or if you want to listen to somebody talk you through a meditative exercise, they've got that as well. So I quite like that. And there are other ones out there that will do this. And I think all of that is um, is useful mm. because it just it's all support resources to help calm your nervous system generally and those yeah. are useful. Yeah. So with a bit of space that these create, you can start healing from the, from whatever it is. Yeah. Whatever the user anxiety that yep. created the fight flight. Yeah. And it. shameless plug, reinvigorate. I'm going to yes. say it again. <laughs> yeah. Do reinvigorate. Yeah. Guaranteed result. Oh, I don't know about that, but. No, <laughs> but we've had some pretty good track records. We so. have some. Yeah, we have. Yeah. For our humble little program. Very, yeah. very happy with it. That's right. Are well, we done? I think um, we're good. Yeah. I think we are. Think Hopefully we are. that helps people understand anxiety yeah I hope you can connect if you're suffering from anxiety I hope you can connect it to flight and fight Mm. educate yourself a little bit more about what flight and fight is there's some Mm. great books out there that'll that'll explain it um and just even if you can just see it in that perspective and recognize that that's what you're doing Mm. then the next step is to go well what's that what am I actually responding to yeah because it's not really about the moment it's about where's this coming from what experience or set of experiences have I had that's created an unsupportive meaning that I'm now flight, fight and flighting against? Yeah. So. Very good. Thank you. All right. Lovely talking to you. I hope this helps Jane and others. Yeah. And um, like it if you give us a thumbs up if yeah. you like it. Comment, like. If it resonates Jane. with you. Yeah. Do the hand right. thing. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Talk Thank to you, you soon. See you Bye. Later. It's all right. It's so...